Hello and welcome again to the Scoreboard Podcast. I'm Mike and with me as always is my brother from another mother, literally, my partner in crime, the man who needs no introduction, or maybe he does, Darren Johnson. What's up? How are you today, man? I'm doing okay, are you? Yeah, pretty good, good, pretty good. We got a nice welter of topics for you today. Uh, would you like to hear the lineup? Let's do it. Let's do it, okay. Uh, today we're going to talk about Josh Norman and his new deal with the Redskins. We will discuss Flyers fans and their ludicrous behavior on what should have been a very somber and honored night. Uh, we're going to touch on the Tom Thibodeau and his new job. Spoiler alert, it's not the manager of a CBS. Then lastly, we'll get into the NBA playoffs and again see where everything stands as far as the first round. Let's talk sports stuff there. Let's do that. All right, we're going to talk about Josh Norman here in the first quarter. Uh, he just signed a uh, five-year, $75 million deal. Is that right, Darren? Yeah, that's uh, five years, uh, 51 guaranteed. That's awesome. It's, uh, he's He was making a big deal about trying to be the highest-paid cornerback this year. Uh, and he, he uh, got nabbed that 15 mil a year uh, with this deal. Uh, he couldn't get that from Carolina. They kind of, from what I heard, from, was guaranteeing like 11 uh, and uh, had talked about maybe uh, putting 13, I think it was 13.95 on the table mm-hmm. uh, but uh, for 2016. But uh, he didn't want to go for that. He wanted something more long-term from what I heard. And the thing is that the Carolina Panthers, they franchise-tagged him, yeah. and then they removed the franchise tag at the last yeah, like minute. Right and I, I had heard something on the uh, on the news there that they had like had, had maybe a bit of an issue. He wasn't showing up to workouts and stuff like that. Where uh, And then like maybe the ownership got mad. And, of course, the ownership came out later on and was like, no, that's not the case. We were just trying to free up some cap space. Well, from what I, they were, I was reading, they were saying like that uh, he had basically uh, – you know, decided he wasn't going to go to camp after, you know, they weren't able to reach an agreement. Uh, and plus, you know, I don't know if you heard about where he had dropped his agent. Uh, he picked up a new agent to, uh, I don't know, to kind of push this along. And it made a lot of uh, a lot of people think that uh, he wasn't going to reach a deal mm-hmm. with him because, you know, he was struggling, to, you know, I don't, mm-hmm. to try to negotiate with that, that you know, agent. So he's decided to shift. So he was looking for that guaranteed money, and he didn't feel like that, that other agent was going to get it done for him, I don't think. So he looked elsewhere, which he he joined the uh, Jason Garrett's agency, which was the same you know agency. Yeah. So everybody thought maybe he was going to go to, to uh, Dallas, Dallas, you know. But mm-hmm. uh, but he said that his two teams were uh, New Orleans and uh, Washington. I think because they were they were both in the uh, the ballpark of what he wanted money wise. Quarterbacks are a big deal right now, as far as like cornerbacks, not quarterbacks. By the way, if anybody here think I misspoke there, mm-hmm. um, they 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 can get big money as far as that goes. It's a big deal, and uh, you know, as, as far as recently, I remember Darrell Revis being a big deal. You know, whenever he was waiting for money on the Jets, and then you know got them, and mm-hmm. he made the rounds and uh, and ended up coming back to New York. Uh, the Redskins, I was going to say, definitely do need uh, help in the defense, especially in defensive backfield. Uh, they actually finished twenty fifth in pass defense last year, giving up four thousand one hundred twenty eight yards. That's pretty bad um they also finished 28th in overall defense giving up 6,090 yards uh they went nine and seven they had a uh, the redskins did went nine and seven and went won some games down the stretch to get into the playoffs and then you know had a, had a quite a bit of a uh uh, the fan base erupted quite a bit from this from this Redskins team, so it can only get better as far as that goes, and that can only help. I think the Redskins help sign Kirk Cousins as if they'll show him they're getting him some help. Now the you know the draft's coming up, maybe they can show him to get some like that, mm-hmm. uh, some help that too. Now if I, I I know you remember, I'm sure like everybody is, I knew nothing about Josh Norman until last year when he got in the fight with Odell Beckham Jr., mm-hmm. where the entire game against the Giants, they were like just pushing and shoving and beating each other up and saying all kinds of stuff. And yeah. uh, then ended up what uh, ODB got, uh, ODBJ or whatever his name is. 
ODB. Oh, yeah, ODB. <laughs> Makes me right. think of Wu-Tang. Wu-Tang. But he, uh, yeah, he ended up getting suspended for the next game because he retaliated and stuff like that. Um, one thing I want to say, I did pull up some cornerbacks. I don't know, or some defensive backs. I don't know that I feel like he's worth that much money, Josh Norman, um, mm-hmm. once I started digging and doing a little research. Now, last year, Norman, his stats, he had what? Uh, 53 games, 181 uh, – or his career, 53 games, 181 tackles, 37 passes deflected, seven interceptions, two touchdowns. You're like, all right, pretty good. Uh, Deion Sanders, who I also pulled up his first four years in the league, just like Norman, he had uh, 17 interceptions, three touchdowns, and tackle data was not recorded before 2001, so I couldn't pull any tackles on him. Uh, Darrell Revis that I spoke of earlier in his first four years had 231 tackles, 74 passes deflected, 14 interceptions, and two touchdowns. So, like, some of those that just popped into my mind as I was looking through, you know, some older cornerbacks and stuff that I could think of, I just feel like there's a lot better cornerbacks, uh, defensive backs, rather, and I don't know that I agree that he's worth that $75 million. But, you know, good for him for getting the money, I guess. Well, he had a career high. You talked about 136, mm-hmm. is that right, for career total? His four years, the four catches, years. Total catches. Oh, 181 tackles. Tackle, I mean, 181 sorry. tackles total. Uh, so, he's, he had 56 this past year. Uh, mm-hmm. He had 16 uh, passes blocked, you know, broken up. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, four um, interceptions. I mean, he mm-hmm. had a career, you know, big time with the uh, NFC champion Panthers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh, he, he passed uh, – as you want to talk about other cornerbacks, mm, yeah. uh, Patrick Peterson uh, with 14.01 mil uh, a year with his contract. But what gets me is, you know, who who's Patrick Peterson? And right. that's my thing is, is Norman, is Norman, is Norman going to be, you know, one mm-hmm. of these guys that is there to get that like, money. He's there to yeah. collect that check because of what he done last year and then just fade out of the Like, is he a flash in the pan? Yeah. Right. So uh, that's what bothers me about a lot of these cornerbacks. Uh, it's rare that you see one of them consistently, you mm-hmm. know, uh, they're, they're not like quarterbacks that are, you know, that are going to last 15 to 16 years, just consistent like that. seems like to me, uh, from what I'm seeing, I, don't, I just, you know, you, for, since Dion, who, who else has been? Ones that have worked out that consistent. I think that pop in my head where you, that question you're asking is, um, you know, Revis has been pretty good. He stayed fairly consistent. Uh, he didn't do so well, except for basically with the Jets and the Patriots, um, but here's my thing with that. So, Revis, I mean, he was great with the Patriots, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, there's a lot of good uh, pieces on that team. It, it, oh, doesn't, yeah. it doesn't mean necessarily that they're going to turn a whole defense and make a whole defense because uh, and be worth that money. You know what I'm saying? Like, that money can be balanced and spread out across the defense. I don't feel like you need that star no. cornerback it to takes, be – It takes a team. With, well, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, it, t- it, takes a, it takes a team as far as that goes. Um, the other defensive backs that I can think of that have been – fairly well that have like a big name is uh, Richard Sherman. Right. I mean, there's another yeah. one. Yeah. He's pretty in Cam Cameron. That, that big, defense is ridiculously big, uh, good. His mouth kind of got him. Yeah, yeah, a lot, his a lot mouth's of bigger than his talent, I uh, think, probably. Uh, you know, especially in his uh, Super Bowl comments there. Uh, like I said, yeah, it was 13.95 mil that uh, they tried to, to guarantee, you know, Norman for 2016. And uh, he never signed, didn't show up for the training and stuff like this. But that, like I said, they removed that franchise tag. And I think that kind of uh, was the deciding factor, too, also, uh, to him to say, you know, I'm out of here. I think uh, there was a little bit of a rift between him and the team, or yeah, and their ownership at least. He, it got me because he made some statements, too, about uh, he's not going to give up until he wins the Super Bowl. But I mean, how how I mean, you're gonna walk away from from yeah. your best chance, Somebody, really, your best chance instead of you're this go year, to this next year. Yeah. And so I, I just I don't understand. What, I feel like it's definitely because of money. It wasn't about uh, a championship. 
A funny thing. Eyes. Funny thing too. I want to say is like we were talking about the uh, Odell Beckham thing with the fight or whatever. Now the fun thing about that is they're going to face each other twice a year next yeah. year because in the same division. That's what I was going to say. Him and Des Bryant uh, will be the two he'll have to face uh-huh. like, uh, on uh-huh. a consistent basis now. So it, it'll be interesting to see how that. I can't wait turn to out. see now. It's it's going to make it more exciting for people that are Redskins fans, and and you wait to see what they do in the draft now. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's it's more exciting now than it's been for years for Redskins fans. Well, I feel for my boy Keith. Uh, you know, it's mm-hmm. funny he he's uh, his his father's team is the Redskins, so it's oh, kind of like you know the you know little in home thing. So that's kind of neat. We'll see how that kind of affects them next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe we'll see if they can uh, consider because their defense was solid. And I think carried him a little bit sometimes when Cam had a down game or anything like that. I'm so. curious to see if the if the Panthers are as good as they were last year because they looked like ridiculously good last yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, they were. Solid. And it's one of those things like I think a lot of people all season long didn't believe that the Carolina Panthers were really no, that they good. Did, they didn't get that respect. Like, all no, year, I didn't. And I didn't either. I didn't think that. I thought ah, they're getting lucky. You know, I'm not. I mean, they're right. a good team. I'm just saying. But I, I thought, ah, it's just the Panthers. You yeah. know, and I just dismissed them. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, they're in the Super Bowl. Right. You know, holy oh, yeah. crap. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah, and so then the end of that last game, man, it just it, it didn't uh, show for what they did all all year. Uh, yeah, they, they didn't end very. So we'll, well. see next year once so we got yeah. a bigger body of work. I'd like to see honestly. I'd like to see him come back, uh, Cam and and, everybody, and all of them to uh, to do well because uh, I don't know the way it ended. It's you know I'm sure it's a sour note on his, mm-hmm. his in his mouth there. So anyways, uh, let's let's move on here to the uh, to the second quarter. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about the Flyers fans and how they acted a fool and uh, with the Flyers stinking it up in the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, let's go. Ahead, let you take this one here. Okay, on Monday night, the Flyers and their fans they they intended to honor their owner Ed Snyder, who died last Tuesday due to bladder cancer. Uh, the organization to give away these bracelets, uh, and they painted Snyder's initials behind the goals. Uh, Lauren Hart, the team's longtime anthem singer, sang "God Bless America" with Snyder's name and number sixty-seven on the back of her jersey. Uh, that was the team's first season with sixty-seven, sixty-eight. Now here's here's a list of some of the things that the fans did. The Flyers fans during this one game, this one game that Philadelphia fans are known for being terrible i'm sorry if anybody's philadelphia fan that's on that's listening or whatever but they don't have a good track record uh before warm-ups even began one flyers fan went down to the glass by the caps bench and taunted braden holtby holtby sorry excuse me uh before puck before the puck even dropped the moment of silence held for ed snyder was interrupted by a fan yelling f-bombs at the capitals Uh, as the second period began one flyers fan flipped off the capitals bench for a photo op uh, not long after that, Brooks Orpik got injured after a heavy hit by Ryan White. As Orpik was helped to the locker room, Philadelphia fans booed him. Uh, with under eight minutes left to go, Flyers forward Pierre Edouard Bellamare, I think, checked Dmitry Orlov headfirst into the boards. Fans responded by throwing their complimentary bracelets on the ice. One bracelet hit Dmitry on the cheek while he was getting medical attention on the bench. Uh, and the PA, PA announcer Lou Nolan was pleading with the fans to stop and have some class. Um, they did not have any class. They ended up throwing their beers on the, on the ice too. And then there was a, a penalty, uh, like a, a bench minor is what it's called, uh, against the Flyers themselves. So they got a penalty. And then the announcer, uh, you know, Lou Nolan, had he said, well, you've done it now, fans. So it was just a bad scene. And even the Flyers players were like embarrassed. Yeah. How do you feel about I mean, how do you feel about that kind of behavior? I really feel like they're like they're catching a bad rip for this. Uh, you know, they've, they've – uh, they're down three games now. Mm-hmm. Um, they came out and I, and I understand, you know, they, they did, they threw, you know, the stuff on the ice and they kept doing this, but, um, yeah, you know, there's a lot of other teams that have kind of had these incidents like this where fans are not really, uh, acting their best. And, uh, sometimes they, the, you know, the team gets a penalty for, it. I, you know, 
it's it's really hard in those kind of situations. How do you react? What what do you do? Do you, I mean, I hate that a team has to be penalized for something like that for something the way the fans feel. And I, yeah. and I and I feel like maybe sometimes the fans are, uh, you know, justified for for acting the way they do uh, in a situation like where they've come, they've paid eighty dollars a ticket. And, uh, you know, they get a performance like that. Uh, you know, I, I hate the fact that somebody gets hit in the face. Uh, that's too much there. Mm. I mean, uh, but, uh, you know, like I said, what do you, what do you do? Where do you draw that line? I mean, do we need, uh, more of a barrier for, uh, for make fans? The, make the or, glass higher. So right. They can't I mean, throw stuff over. that's what I wonder. Um, I don't know. Uh, the Philadelphia fans are not known for having that, that good attack or whatever anyway. Um, I don't care for the shenanigans or antics or whatever, but like Philadelphia fans are the ones aren't they? they're the ones that booed Santa Claus during the Eagles game years ago and threw snowballs at him and stuff like that. And there's been incidents at football games, other football at the Eagles and between well, I mean, fans. And stuff. I look in the past like where there's been an incident that I remember where uh, Toronto Maple Leafs uh, they had a player uh, in the penalty box and squirted water over the ice, and uh, mm-hmm. one of the fans climbed over the ice to uh, to go after him. Whoa! And uh, broke the glass down and ended up falling down inside Whoa. of the, the penalty box. So, and he and the the player ended up punching him, you know, yeah. in the head while he was falling, you know, fell down. Uh, but it's there's some odd things that you know I don't that seem to kind of happen around it. And I, I don't know that uh, you know these things in hockey are it's kind of a it's kind of a rough sport anyway. There's not really you know they do sell beer at hockey games. Right? That's what I was gonna say. That's, there's a lot of professional you know sports that where you, yeah. when you get alcohol yeah. involved, it, it seems to go bad. It's unfor- honestly it's un- it is unfortunate at times that when stuff like that happens because you think about taking your kids to a ball game and growing up around stuff like that you wouldn't want your kid around somebody and it's not like really an adults only thing maybe if they had a like a non alcoholic section or something I don't know because I'm not saying alcohol is the root complete root of the problem but it's 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 a it's an awkward situation where like you say the person pays their money they should be able to do what they want to do but then also too you got people that want to take their kids like I said to like a family environment watch a sporting event so on and so forth more and more people though are not going out to games now uh, because tickets are so expensive people mm-hmm. just watch them at home rather than that and they will stay away from situations like this too so i just i hate that uh you know philly's having to deal with this you know as a franchise that mm-hmm. uh, they, they give out twenty thousand uh bracelets uh in in memory of uh, ed snyder like that mm-hmm. and uh the night kind of gets tainted a little bit uh so i you know i wouldn't want i don't think that he would want that uh the fans to act yeah. that way on his, for his, you know, memory. For his memory. It definitely, it definitely brought a light to his name and his night, but not for the right reasons. Right, and you, you could tell maybe the uh, the announcer, you know, took it uh, to heart a little bit, maybe mm-hmm. had a little bit of a personal connection. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, he was uh, seemed pretty upset. Um, but yeah, the uh, the Caps actually they they look good uh, as a team here, and I think they could honestly make a, a Stanley Cup run this year. Um, but uh, I don't know. We'll see. I'm hoping Blackhawks will pull something out. Yeah, once again. Let's carry this on into halftime. And uh, remember that you can go to the scoreboardpodcast.com and check out the uh, the links there and listen to us on iTunes and uh, iTunes and uh, <laughs> yeah, that too. and uh, you know uh, on SoundCloud, which is Android. And uh, you can also uh, send us a message if you got uh, you know business or something you want us to put a, to promote on here. We can also do that. Send us something, uh, anything. And uh, at the Scoreboard Pod, you can follow us on Twitter there. And uh, for this week, I want to talk about. Um, some entertainment we have uh, for this was strange ways that fans have uh, affected games. Hmm. Okay, and uh, my first one was was uh, the beer that uh, sent Ron Artest into the stands. Oh, I remember this. I was watching uh-huh. that game. It was awesome. This is known uh, famously as the Malice in the Palace. Oh. Uh, and uh, with forty five point nine seconds left on the clock, 
uh, there's a weak foul and uh, on Ben Wallace. And Ben Wallace uh, got upset, shoved Ron Artest, and uh, there were attempts made to break him up. And uh, you know Wallace charged at Artest during all this, and they kind of ended up over on the around the scorers table. And uh, somehow, you know, weirdly, Ron Artest is laying on the scorers table, right? Mm-hmm. And um, there's a, a beer gets thrown yes. in a little bit, gets down yes. Ron Artest, and he flips out, takes mm-hmm. off, and goes up into the stands. Well, he ends up like. Uh, you know, face slamming this guy. Uh, he ended up in know. fisticuffs with this yeah, fan. Yeah, yeah. Was, so and there was there was a bunch of people looking in the stands, um, trying to you know trying to separate them. Uh, it kind of reminded me of I don't know if you remember the Tyson uh, when he bit Holyfield's ear. Yeah, yeah. It was like chaotic, and it was, yeah. that was what I was like pandemonium. Yeah, you know? what did, what just happened? Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, the second incident I was going to talk about was uh, the Chicago Cubs. Um, they just recently, they, or I guess in 2008, they threw uh, empty beer cups uh, on the field, stopping play. And uh, this was in a, like I said, a fall to 2008 game, and uh, it was in protest for a, a bad call. And you know, uh, you know, like I said, this happens a lot. But I mean, it was odd. <laughs> this goes odd. right along with the flyer stuff, right? But it was it was odd that they had they had thrown so many cups that they had to stop play and have have uh, you know staff come out and clean up the, the beer cups. <laughs> it was it was that bad. So they. Uh, and they also had had been, uh, you know, kind of called out for. Uh, they threw uh, beer on Shane Victorino one time. I wonder how many of those uh, cups the had pee in them. Uh, you know, that's kind of <laughs> questionable. And in uh, the third thing is two thousand three uh, or two thousand one. I'm sorry, uh, Browns fans. Uh, they threw trash on the field and uh, caused officials to uh, call the game. I don't uh-huh. know if you remember this. Uh-uh. It was uh, forty five or forty eight seconds left in the game. This is a playoff deciding game uh, against Jacksonville. Uh, now the rest went back. Uh, after two plays had been ran. Okay. Uh, so this was kind of odd. It was uh, one of the only times this has ever happened, really. Uh, what it was is somehow that they, they talked about how the replay booth, uh, somehow there was an issue with radio communication. Mm-hmm. They couldn't get to, mm-hmm. you know, to the, to say, well, we want to review this play. Yeah. And so there was plays that had been ran, and they went back and decided, hey, you know, we, we didn't know that they wanted to review this. This, mm-hmm. is, this is how this is going to happen. Well, Browns are, I mean, we're talking 48 seconds left on the clock. Wow. And Browns are like, you know, we ran a play. Like, you know, this uh-huh. was uh, uh, Butch uh, Butch Brown's, uh, um, Butch Davis. Butch Davis's yep. first, uh, you know, there's his tenure there. And uh, he's flipping out. And uh, what happened was it was Quincy Morgan. Uh, he, had, he had caught a pass, and it had been fumbled around. Mm-hmm. And it hit the ground. They called it incomplete, mm-hmm. overturned it, okay, mm-hmm. and ended up, the Browns lose the lost the game because uh, d- with during the midst of all this call, fans start freaking out, throwing trash all over the field, pelting like the, the wow. refs and everything, and uh, players were even getting hit. And uh, like I said, the the Browns missed the playoffs because of this. They lost that game with wow. 48 seconds left, and it's like I said, one of the few times that uh, they'd went back after you know a play had been ran, you know, to review. And overturn. Yeah, Browns. Well, what hit me at first when you first started telling that story, I was like, whoa, Browns, Jaguars, playoffs. That's all hurt. And I was like, wait a right. second. Yeah, what year <laughs> is this? All those, <laughs> all those names don't, don't go together. All the, <laughs> so you got a few, uh, a few, uh, you know, I got a few too. items that are like uh, historical items that I pulled up for our halftime. I got uh, the, the hat trick. Uh, mm-hmm. Does anybody know what the hat trick is? You know what the hat trick is, Darren? Yeah, yeah. Uh, talking like, like everybody like back in there's the, like you know, three in it. Three goals. <laughs> response. Um, yeah, the hat trick is the scoring of three goals by the same player. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, this popular hockey tradition may have gotten its inspiration from the sport of cricket. In cricket, a hat trick happens when a bowler dismisses three batsmen. A bowler's like a pitcher in uh, in cricket with consecutive deliveries. The custom uh, the custom crossed over to hockey with Ontario's Biltmore Mad Hatters. When one of the players scored three goals in a game, the team owner, Mister Biltmore 
Biltmore would present him with a new fedora. Uh, many, many stories describe Mr. Biltmore throwing his top hat onto the ice to salute the player, and soon enough, the fans also tossed their own hats onto the ice. After they're collected, the hats are either donated, thrown away, or saved for a gigantic, transparent case that showcases the franchise hat trick history. Do you know that? No, that the built I didn't know that either. That was really cool information. Um, the other one, uh, I got another one called the Detroit Lucky Octopus. Now, if you may watch his hockey at all, you know about this. It's kind of gross. Uh, it's a practice that remains strong for the Detroit Red Wings and the NHL. Uh, let's see. The origins of this tentacle tradition began in 1952 when, when fewer NHL teams meant that the road to the Stanley Cup took only eight playoff wins. To mark this occasion, brothers Pete and Jerry Cusimano... Threw a uh, threw the eight-legged creature onto the ice to represent the Red Wings' eight games against the Toronto Maple Leafs and the, and the Montreal Canadiens. Since then, hundreds of octopuses have rained down onto the Red Wing rink, including one tossed by Bob Dubisky and Larry Shotwell that weighed 50 pounds. Uh, with every octopus purchased for the purpose of tossing, the Superior Fish Market gives out an octoquet which is a pamphlet of recommended guidelines for octopus tossing, including boiling, boiling the octopus for half an hour, uh, raw octopus tends to be sticky and stick to the ice and leave a slimy residue and remove them. They don't really want that if they're going to pick it up and continue right. the game on. Uh, launching them uh, only after a Red Wing goal, as any other time, may result in a delay of game penalty. And toss the octopus in a direction away from any player, officials, and personnel. So there's actually like etiquette to the, uh, to the octopus tossing. Um, and one last one is the food races, which I think is kind of cool. Is a cool story if I can touch on this for just a second. Um, okay, during missions, many fans will race to the concession stand to grab some food before the game resumes. Uh, in certain stadiums, the food does the running, which most famously is in the Clements is the Clements Sausage Race at Miller Park, which is the home of the Milwaukee Brewers. The tradition began in the early '90s as a computer animation race on the scoreboard, uh, but they made their first live appearance in '94 uh, at the bottom of the sixth inning of every Brewers home game. Uh, employees of Miller Park and a select few of the highly honored guest wieners <laughs> don the seven foot three inch foam costumes and race from third base down to home plate and back up to first base. To date, there are five sausages. Now, get these names out. These are awesome. Uh, Brett Worst, the Bratwurst. <laughs> Stosh, the Polish... Oh, no, Frankie Stosh, the Polish sausage. Is that right? Yeah, Stosh, the Polish sausage. Guido, the Italian sausage, which I think is kind of racist. Yeah. <laughs> Frankie Furter, the hot dog. And Cinco, the chorizo, which I also think is slightly racist, too. Uh, Bratwurst is currently the race leader with 18 wins. Uh, the race game famed outside of baseball in July of 2003. This is an awesome story. Uh, when then-Pittsburgh Pirate Randall Simon used a bat to hit Guido, <laughs> worn by employee Mandy Block on the sausage's head. Given where he hit Guido, the bat never came near her head. But it did. Uh, this, but, but since the costume is so top-heavy, Guido easily fell down. Uh, easily fell down and took hot dog down as well. Took her and hot dog down both. Uh, Simon was arrested, given a fine and suspended really? by Major League Baseball. Wow. Despite reprimands by the authorities, some found the situation comical, which I'll, obviously I'm laughing right now. It's hilarious. Mandy Block asked for Simon's autograph on the infamous bat and t-shirt companies. Uh, they made a tiny profit by church saying, don't whack our wiener. Which I thought was a hilarious story. Yeah, so uh, anyway, that was, that, was, that was my two cents there as far as... Uh, my stuff. Going back to the uh, the octopus thing. Yes. Um, the San Jose Sharks. Yes. Uh, kind of 
thwarted or kind of, I guess, it kind of attacked the fact that the uh, Red Wings were one of the only teams that threw live animals yes. uh, onto the ice. Uh-huh. So they they ended up throwing a, a shark on uh, one time when they threw when they played uh, the Red Wings uh, to try to you know to be one of those teams. <laughs> yeah. See, so, yeah, that's kind of interesting. That's yeah. crazy. But let's go ahead and uh, let's go on to the third quarter now, <laughs> and let's talk about uh, Tom Thibodeau getting a job in Minnesota. Tommy T. That's right. He got a five-year, $40 million uh, contract with the T-Wolves. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's also the, he's the new coach and the president of basketball operations there. It's a good deal. It's a pretty good uh, job. Yeah, they just picked up Scott Layden, uh, you know, for uh, their GM, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, he got, he's getting two million this season. And they're pretty close, too, is from what I read. Yeah. Yeah, I think we're, you know, uh, you know Thibodeau got his, got his start in Minnesota. So, I think he's mm-hmm. really kind of happy to go back there. And uh, Layden came from uh, San Antonio, uh, where he was an assistant with the uh, Spurs uh, president, R.C. Buford, uh, for the past four years. And he's also been a GM for the Knicks and the Jazz. But, uh, yeah, Thibodeau, like I said, he started with the uh, Wolves and, uh, under Bill uh, Musselman mm-hmm. uh, in 89-90. Tibbs, Tibbs. I was reading an article on him, and he was saying that he took a. Everybody's asking him, you know, I'm sure he had offers starting out because Thibodeau's a good coach. I actually like him a lot yeah. in Chicago. He's real defensive minded. Uh, he said he used his year to reflect and recharge. I had some uh, quotes from him. He said he really likes his young roster. He said, when you look at the young guys, when you look at the salary cap space, when you look at the draft pick that's coming, um, there's great flexibility there. Uh, there are a lot of assets there. If you formulate a really good plan that studies and organizes everything, I think this situation is positioned uh, great to go forward. Um, he say, he also had mentioned that he's he's used to and he's 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 really good at coaching young guys because mm-hmm. when he first got to Chicago, when he got his first head coaching job in 2010, he was uh, Derrick Rose was 22 and uh, Joakim, Joakim or Joakim, however you want to say it, was 25. Um, and those were like you know, cornerstones of his uh, of his uh, career there. Yeah, he's got a solid lineup with uh, in Minnesota with uh, Carl Anthony Towns, uh, Andrew Wiggins, and Zach Levine. Uh, plus, they've got a, a lottery pick coming up this this draft uh, June. Mm. Uh, but yeah, Scott Brooks um, with, and Jeff Van Gundy were also or Jeff Van Gundy was trying to get this job up in mm-hmm. Minnesota. But uh, you know, like I said, they picked, uh, of course, uh, Thibodeau over him. But Van Gundy is, you know, kind of looking towards Houston uh, to kind of mm-hmm. to to go to the job. But uh, Scott Brooks is also in that running for for Houston's job. Uh, but uh, they believe that uh, he may sign a deal with Washington. Had that just you know, happened? Just before? Did that it? just Actually, happened? Okay, yeah, that just, just happened. It. Yeah, you wow. just missed it. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, that's uh, that's going to be interesting there. I think Scott Brooks is a really solid coach, and uh, you know, with the team that they've got over there, mm-hmm. uh, they're really built uh, to go to go the distance. Mm-hmm. So I think it'll be it'll go well. Minnesota's for really good and really young as far as that goes. Then I like the Carlton Towns is, is ridiculously talented. So they're they're exciting. Uh, Wiggins didn't have as as good of a year as I thought he was going to have this year. And what I was wondering when I heard about this deal was I wonder if KG is going to stick around. I don't know. I didn't find anything mm-hmm. on it whether he's going to retire or not. Um, uh-huh. But uh, that, that, that's a big deal, too, having that leadership. Now, his overall record, I did when I was looking up Tibbs, his overall record in the NBA is 255 and 139 as a head coach, which is, which is a 64.647 winning percentage. Yeah, just a 65. Round up yeah. to 65, yeah. Um, he'll, be, he'll be fighting as far as the division he's in. I'll see a lot of him next year. Being a Nuggets fan, he plays. He's in the division with Oklahoma City, Utah, Portland, and Denver. Mm. So I will not be cheering for him that much, I'll just say. Right. I mean, the the Bulls, when they got rid of him, um, you know, 
he was kind of fired over that. Like, like I said, with his sixty-five percent winning percentage. But you know what got me was the fact that after they let him go, uh, the Bulls have been struggling uh, mm-hmm. since. So they have not done they, any well. They have been. I thought that was a dumb thing for them to let him go. And I think Thibodeau is a uh, the players. It's one of those situations like where they hate him but they love him too. Mm-hmm. As far as that goes, he's like he's got that tough love. And um, as far as Minnesota goes. The last time Minnesota was good, I want to mention, sorry, you were talking about the young players and everything like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember when um, KG and Latrell Sprewell and all that, when they actually yeah. used to make the playoffs for a good three yep. years there. And they've not been good since then. So, you know, oh, good vibes to them. It'd be nice to see something happen. And I don't know, you know, what's going to happen at the, you know, with the Cavs if everything goes down. But, I mean, mm-hmm. could you see Kevin Love going back? Uh, I don't know, man. Enjoy. Yeah, that would be really cool. You imagine that lineup there Especially, with, yeah. with, uh, with the fourth. I mean, it'd be it'd be a, a good team. And I always kind of had a soft spot for the for the Wolves. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, uh, I liked Garnett growing up. Just mm-hmm. you know, I, I seen him uh, in, back in high school when he was playing at mm-hmm. the Converse Classic. But either way, it, it's it's very interesting to see what's going to happen. I think there. it's a good think, move for Minnesota. I think there's going to be some good things shaking up next year with you know some good teams and coaches lining up. But uh, I'd like to see some uh, some more balance in the NBA a little bit. You know? I would too. I'd like to see more parity. We talked about that before. Mm-hmm. All right, moving right along. Uh, we're going to move on to a meaty topic for the day. Uh, the NBA playoffs mm-hmm. is our fourth quarter topic. And, uh, man, sadly, uh, we're first going to talk about the Memphis Grizzlies and the San Antonio Spurs. Yeah. Uh, my Grizzlies have struggled yeah. and have been swept. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, they got knocked out today 95 uh, to 116. Um Whew. Stevenson put up 26 points, even though I hate him. Uh, Kawhi Leonard, uh, he's been killing it. Uh, yeah, he's, he is. You know, he had uh, 32 points in the uh, 87-96 loss we suffered the other night. Mm-hmm. And uh, 21 points today. LaMarcus Aldridge uh, also put up to uh, 10 points. Yeah, that's that series has been really outmatched as far as that goes. And like I was telling you before we even started recording is that the Grizzlies have kind of went downhill since they've not had Gasol. Mm-hmm. Um, and then whatever Conley's doing. Is Conley injured too? Yeah, I'm pretty he's sure been he's strange. been out he's been for out. a while. Yeah, uh, yeah. We're, we're just, I mean, nobody's stepping up. I mean, you had Tony Allen lead one time in mm-hmm. uh, scoring, and uh, he's a defensive guy. He's got right. a nasty shot, and I don't mean good nasty. <laughs> uh, and uh, his, like I said, his he struggled and uh, to shoot. And like I said, nobody's really consistent. Green's been been okay. Uh, Stevenson has played up, but I, like I said, I don't. I still don't. Feel and like Randolph's worth never been consistent ever. And Randolph is. I don't know. Randolph's there. He's just. He needs somebody on the other side. I mean, like I said, mm-hmm. he, he works well with uh, Gasol. But uh, yeah, that's that's kind of been of uh, you know a sore one for me, and I'm glad mm-hmm. that it's over now, so I can go on and lick my wounds. <laughs> and uh, but we'll move on to the uh, the Hornets and the Heat. And, oh, uh, you know, this one's kind of uh, – it's been a little interesting. You know, the Hornets uh, snapped a 14-season-long uh, uh, losing streak oh, in the playoffs. Uh, Jeremy Lin put up 18 points. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kimball Walker had 17 points uh, in a losing uh, effort – or, I'm sorry, winning effort the other night. So, uh, like I said, the Heat – we lead this series, though. They're they're up 2-1, uh, and game four is on Monday. I like – see, both those teams are really young, and I was watching that game that Charlotte won the other day. I kind of feel like um, – Miami shot themselves in the foot, but one thing I did think about was these. Both these teams are like trending upwards. Mm-hmm. I like both. I like both these teams. I have anything against them. Yeah. I did like seeing all the minutes that Winslow and uh, Richardson were getting yeah. as far as like rookies. Yeah. That was really cool because oh, yeah. that's only going to help them out in the future. Uh, one of the other thing I was thinking about was like how long does D Wade have left? You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I thought he was done and they had his resurgence in his career. Um, they were showing a statistic the other day on the Four Letter Network about how uh, with Chris Bosh they've done very well. Even with or without him, since he's been injured and stuff. Right. Um, I don't know. They said he might be able to be back in the second round. I don't know if he will or if he won't. Um, 
Also, another thing I thought about, does Charlotte have like the coolest hairdos in the playoffs? He's got like the little yeah. Jeremy Lin's got the little samurai thing going on or he whatever. Kills me with that. I think that's like yeah, a that's a thing because I don't, I don't know. stay relevant, I guess. And then what's the other kid, the tall guy, um Sam or something like that, whatever his name is, the tall white guy on the uh, on the Hornets. I can't remember what his name is either. It's top of my head. Uh, too bad Keith's not here. To yeah, but he was. He had more. the cool ponytail thing going on too. So I don't know. Uh, Lou Alding though and uh, Whiteside have been playing up for the Heat. They're playing well. Uh, they're crushing it. And uh, you know what got me is the fact that, that Richardson was was doing so well and you know towards the beginning before the playoffs, mm-hmm. and he's kind of you know dropped the ball a little bit here. Actually, maybe uh, he took a step back. You, you know, know to let the other guys. Uh, uh, I'd like to see him to kind of do well, do well, and continue to you know help out in the playoffs. But mm-hmm. it's not not going well for him so far. But uh, maybe in the next couple of games they can step up. They're uh, they're doing well so far. At least um, they got to win. The uh, the next series we want to talk about is the uh, the Mavericks and the Thunder. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Thunder lead this series three one. Westbrook has been awesome for the mm-hmm. Thunder, uh, and uh, in the playoffs so far. So so. Basically, in the last game, Durant, did you see where he had the flagrant foul and got ejected I, from the game? Yes, and I don't think that he honestly – and I'm not like a huge Durant fan at all. I'm not a fan, Durant fan, period. Mm. But I don't, I don't hate him. He's just he's, He is what he is. But I don't think he did it on purpose. I really don't. It didn't look like he did it on purpose to me. And he even went over to apologize afterwards, and they like told him, no, go on, or whatever. Mm. So yeah, he said he wasn't. He didn't mean to hurt Anderson. Right. Uh, like I said, I, I, I like Durant. Uh, mm-hmm. I personally feel like he's – he, he, him, and Westbrook uh, deserve to be there. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'll agree you know, like with I said, that. I struggle. I hate the fact that they struggled the past couple of seasons. Mm-hmm. But uh, in the, with this foul, though, I, I still feel like you know this was this was a hard foul. But mm-hmm. I mean, for one, I'm like, what is he? What is he in the game for? They're up double digits. He shouldn't have been in the game. They should have mm-hmm. been out and resting on the bench. Uh, but they left him in, and you know he paid the price for it. It's not going to hurt him because they're up in the series, and you know, like I said, he you know he's been real up and down this whole series too. Maybe they were keeping him in more minutes to get his stroke down because they had that one game where he was seven to twenty-two. Mm-hmm. It was like his it was the worst shooting night since like Jordan by a player or something like that in the playoffs. Some crazy statistic like that. Um, even if he was out of the game, though, I mean, they like you said, they already they were in enough. Now I think Dallas in this matchup is clearly outmatched. Um, they are the second oldest team in the playoffs at an, with an average of twenty nine point seven as far as their age goes. I think their legs are wearing out as far as like the entire team. Berea is kind of older. Uh, Nowitzki's older. We know David Lee's older. Mm-hmm. Um, it, Papa out there. Um, what I was thinking, do you need? Do you think they need to blow up this team next season as far as the Mavericks go? Because they feel like they're just barely pieced together, almost like a boat. You've barely got pieced, and you're patching all the holes. The Mavericks, man, I, you know, that's another team that seems like they, they've kind of struggled. Uh, and I, if it wasn't, you know, the Thunder, I don't know that they'd, they'd be getting crushed right now. So mm-hmm. it's, it's it's kind of, you know, like I said, it's a sad thing. And I think Dirk Nowitzki's on his way out. And it's going to be too. one of those things where you're not going to see much from him anymore. He got upset when that foul happened, too. Did you see oh, yeah. him on the side? Oh, yeah. He was, like, screaming. <laughs> yeah, with that, with that foul, that's uh, the second time that Durant's been ejected from the NBA in his career. That's crazy. Uh, and uh, it was a flagrant two foul. He seems like a good dude. I mean, he does, that's why I thought when he did it, I was he's like, very he's very humble about yeah, where he's, he's, I've where never, he's at. And the MVP speech with his mama made me yeah. cry. Yeah. So I think, like I said, I, I, I honestly, if it if it isn't, you know, the, the Grizzlies, I'm I'm usually a, a Thunder fan. Uh, mm-hmm. Like I said, but uh, so I'm going to go on to a, a, the next series that we want to talk about. Mm-hmm. It's something that you thought that was going to be very uninteresting mm-hmm. was the oh, uh, the Lord. Raptors and the Pacers. Uh, it's actually has become one of my favorite series of this this playoffs. Oh wow! It's kind of it, there. There's been it's, it's been a good battle back it's and forth. It's, it's a very very good matchup as far as team wise. Uh, the Raptors, you know, they're up in the series two one. Uh, 
Uh, the Pacers came back uh, in game four and led the Raptors handily in the whole game, though. Uh, but like I said, it's been a back and forth kind of like, you know, punch out. And uh, there was a fight that almost just broke out, uh, speaking of, uh, when some, there was some technicals issued. Uh, and uh, I'm trying to think who it was that ended up getting one. No. Um, it's still boring to me that matchup. It's like it's like milk playing bread. I don't. I just I couldn't care less. Anyway, like I, said, I just it was George that ended up getting the uh, the technical. But like I said, it's it's one of those things where I hate the fact that I loved it when the Pacers were were doing well a couple of years ago. Mm, That's another team that they I feel like you know they were they were on the edge of being really good and, and yeah. competing every year, and they fell off. And so you know that that goes back to trading Lance Stevenson and some of the other players that hey, I don't understand what they were doing. Mm-hmm. But uh, they seem yeah. to coexist well together. I was looking up some statistics on these this whole series, and um, it's been competitive. But like I feel from what I was looking at, nobody's really helping Paul George all that much. Mm-hmm. He scored thirty three, twenty eight, twenty five, and nineteen the fourth game where they just got this last win the other night. He finally got some help. George Hill and Mahimi both scored twenty two apiece. But other than that, everybody was in like single digits and like ten. They were it wasn't Paul George was carrying the team. Oh yeah. As yeah. far as the Pacers go. Ever since he, you know, I hate that he broke his leg, and I think that kind of like, you know, when that, that happened, everything kind of fell apart. Mm-hmm. But he's, he's he's came back and been consistent, and he's, like you said, leading the team. He's so, a better player than I ever thought he was going to be when he first came in as a rookie because oh, yeah. I didn't think that much of him, and no. then he just blew up. Yeah, he's been really Danny well Granger consistent. was the star on that team, and then Paul George just came in and said, nope, my team. Yeah. Uh, the next series we want to talk about is the Clippers and the Trailblazers. Uh, the Trailblazers are, are – uh, were able to hold off the Clips in uh, Game Three on yeah. Saturday. Uh, the Clips honestly look like the better team this series. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Chris Paul uh, has been stepping up. He had 26 points in this last game. Uh, Damian Lillard, Lillard um, sorry, had mm-hmm. 32, and Plumlee he had 21. I like Lillard, but just like the Paul George thing, I don't think he has any help. But he's playing a better team in the Clippers as far as that goes. Now the Clippers won the first two at home, and then Portland won theirs at home. So it, we'll just have to see if Portland, if home court is a big deal. Now if it is, and it wins, plays out that way, then the Clippers are still going to win. I just think Portland's still too young, and with Aldridge leaving last year, I don't think they have a shot against uh, the Clippers. Yeah, that, that's the thing. The Clips are. are they're a better team that that mm-hmm. is one of those things that they're starting to show a little bit. I don't know mm-hmm. if you've seen like, you know, with Chris Paul throwing the alley oops uh mm-hmm. to Lob uh, City. Yeah, I mean, it's it's been very nice watching watching them do well like this cuz I hated the fact that they lost, you know, like they did, you know, the past couple of seasons too. Uh, you know, it's, it seems like it's a, a you know. We talked about that last week at the Clippers. They like they've they've been so so supposedly building some championship team for years. Got to build to something, man. They need mm-hmm. to do it now. It's now or never because these guys aren't getting any younger. Not that they're all Jared out, but they're you. You got to do something, man, because the contracts run out. And as far as Blake Griffin goes, I think he's on. He could be his contract. I think is getting ready to come up too. So. I, I, like I said, with consistency, I, the fact that all these teams they seem to uh, here, here recently like get just onto the cusp and then and nobody kind of can pull it through. And uh, like I said, I just I miss those days when you know like in the back in the nineties when you know you had teams that uh, were consistently like you know every year. I mean for like you know five to six to maybe seven year stretches mm-hmm. that uh, were there every year. And mm-hmm. uh, you don't you don't get that very often. You might get one or two years. Uh, where they're there to show up, and uh, then it kind of goes downhill. Like, I guess teams make uh, drastic changes like the, the Grizzlies do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so, you know, that's what bothers me with a lot of the stuff. I don't feel like uh, there's enough consistency. And, I, like, with the Cavaliers, I, I still feel like maybe there's the possibility if they don't win this that, uh, you know, LeBron's free agency is coming up, that maybe mm-hmm. they go he goes that back to South Beach to uh, finish out with Wade. 
and maybe Chris Paul because they've talked about rumors of that happening. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, it's interesting to see how it's all going to shake down. This is one of those things that makes me think this series, like you're, where you were talking just now, is do, is it better to buy a team or build a team? You know what I mean? Because Clippers right. clearly have bought a lot of superstar players. Mm-hmm. And then Portland and some of these other teams are building players. Now, another team that I know you like that we'll talk about in a second, I'm sure, Golden State Warriors. I feel like they built that team. Yeah. They have a couple of free agents on there, but they you build or do you buy? And, and the they NFL, draft the teams and their players into those roles. Right. And, and you know, and – they it was it was where a well choosing I guess in a sense of you got somebody like in, with the Knicks you know you're mm-hmm. talking about trying to to buy a player mm-hmm. uh, with Carmelo and all them and and you know that's one of those teams that their their uh, bench was a starting mm-hmm. five for for you know any other team in the league uh, just about especially on the East Coast and and, <laughs> and what gets me is the fact that you got teams like that that can throw the money at it and it's still I don't know. It's like I don't know because you got great, you know, leadership there with you know Phil Jackson and stuff like that. What is it? What does it need? I, I mean, think I think the Knicks started out trying to buy a team with the Carmelo thing. Like they were like, let's buy a team, and then there was like everybody was like, no, we don't want to come there. He's like, all right, never mind, let's build a team. Like they just right. changed their mind, and right. now they got Porzingis it, and they're trying to build. Which I, that's a good you know building mm-hmm. piece there. Uh, but I, I just I feel like you know it's there's not enough consistency as far as you know production wise and, mm-hmm. and people look for that big shock value I think more than anything you know uh, oh yeah like you know Jeremy Lin for no offense to him I mean like when he mm-hmm. was he got hot in New York he was a big ticket and that's why the only reason he's still in the league right now is because. Mm-hmm. He's not really he consistent. Shined. He's not consistent. I mean, you know, I feel like mm-hmm. he can step up in certain times, but he's very fast. He's faster than I thought he was watching he that is. game the other he night. Is. Uh, but if, if you if you go back to when he played with Kobe, I mean, he was getting yelled at every night. I yeah. mean, so and speaking of stars, I'm waiting for one man. I've been waiting for years now with the Nuggets. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it's gonna happen. But uh, let's move on to, to uh, the next series we want to talk about, which uh, touched on the LeBron thing a minute ago, is uh, the Cavs and the Pistons. And, uh, man, Cleveland's sweeping this one, and it's going to be like another mm-hmm. like a Memphis thing going on there. I think uh, this is a quiet sweep. Like, yeah. nobody's really paying attention to this matchup, and there was that really game one. I think one. it was expected. Well, game one was really close, and everybody's like, oh, hang on here. What's right. Cleveland doing? And then now they just keep winning every game. And another another uh, trend that I've seen is they've, they've been falling behind early or falling mm-hmm. behind at least some point in the game, and you're like, whoa, what's going on? And then Cleveland just ends up fighting back and, and, yeah. and wearing them down. Yeah, which, I mean, it uh, seems to be a, a – the thing they do a lot was mm-hmm. is kind of come back, uh, you know, towards the end, which uh, the Warriors showed that they'd like to do that too. Yeah. Uh, but Irving, you know, he's been leading the team. He's got twenty six point three per game. Uh, LeBron second with twenty three points a game, and uh, Love is coming up in third, twenty one point three. He's producing now. Uh, so they're all three like in twenty point digits. So, uh, you know, it's 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 hard for you know the Pistons to even compete. I mean, mm-hmm. I feel like Stan Van Gundy's kind of cashed in. He's mad about not getting picked for the best dressed man uh, in sports. So. <laughs> So it's 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 it shows you know that they're they're cashing out, uh, so it's on to the second round pretty much for the Cleveland. Yeah, Cavaliers. I think that series is over. So, uh, but yeah, um, looking at the next the other series uh, is uh, the Hawks and the Celtics. Yay! Um, it's my favorite series right yeah, now out of all the games it, I've watched. It's a, it's been a nice you know interesting series. Uh, Atlanta's leading right now two to one. Uh, the Celtics stay alive uh, mm-hmm. with another win as a win last night mm-hmm. or last game. Uh, so they keep them uh, going for the last you know. The same route as the as the Pistons deal. Uh, they're you know almost got swept, but they mm-hmm. they snuck that one in last you know last game uh, with Thomas Isaiah Thomas Jr. putting up forty two points. Uh, 
Well, here's the um, here's the thing about the Celtics or whatever is uh, Boston. I feel like they're playing as, as tough as anyone could without any real star. Now Isaiah Thomas is 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 playing out of his mind, and he gets some ridiculous shots. Mm-hmm. That team is so young; they're actually the youngest team in the league. Um, they uh, they never give up. They yeah. never give up. And that game one, they were behind down big too. But I watched that whole game, and they came back. They only lost by one point. Mm-hmm. And it's it's crazy, like how they they never give up. I feel like they're too young to know to be scared. As far as um, I know. who's the the coach they got? He's one from Butler. Oh, right? Brad, Stevens. Brad Stevens. Yeah, he's and I think he's awesome. I yeah, think that I'd team like to is, see him do well. Like I said earlier, they're trending upward, and I think Boston's going to be awesome in the future. I was wondering if he his his job wasn't on the hot seat, you know. For a little I was while wondering there. if he was going to work when they brought him in because he's you know he's so young, he's oh, yeah. so young. Yeah. He looks like me or even younger than me, and uh, he's, yeah, he's he left, out there coaching. He left uh, Butler in, in a. I mean, mm-hmm. when they were in a good position, I mean, mm-hmm. he, you know, like I said, you remember they, they went to Duke and, and lost by a shot. Yeah, one, took Butler one shot. to the national Butler to the national championship twice yeah. in a row. But then you think, well, does it translate to the NBA? Well, I think that's why they bought him all those young players, or they drafted, all, they got rid of all the older players when he came in, and they let him come up with these young players, Coach. and they built quite a team together. Mm-hmm. I, I really have become watching these uh, last two seasons with them. A slight fanhood for them. I'm really enjoying the Celtics. Uh, Isaiah Thomas, he, you know, Danny Schroeder, not if you're watching that game, was uh, giving him some trouble. They're, uh, mm-hmm. they're back into a fight. There's some tensions running high, uh, you know, in the last two games. But uh, but the uh, the next game's coming up. It's uh, 6 p.m. today. I can't. Uh, I want to watch TNT, that one. So, uh, I'll be all over that It'll be an interesting one there. Uh, and the uh, – the uh, the next next one is going to be the uh, the Warriors and the Rockets. Uh, this has kind of been a ugly you series. Know, started out to be look like it's going to be an interesting series, but it's not mm-hmm. uh, not leading up to be. The uh, you know the Rockets fought uh, to keep it going and uh, stayed away from a three zero you know streak there. But uh, basically, they ended up hitting a uh, a winning shot taken by James Harden, which when he, uh, when he pushed off too, I which the NBA that. said said yeah wouldn't shouldn't have counted. And, yeah, he uh, pushed off clearly. Yeah, Andre Iguodala was shoved right before the shot, and uh, like I said, it's it's kind of been a tight series. You know, other than that, it's been close as far as you know the, the series. You know, count doesn't show for what the point total has been. But uh, it's amazing how close it's been because Houston, some of the stuff I was looking at, Houston has only shot 35-44, which is their best night, and they lost 35-44 and then 39%. They shot 39% in their win. Hmm. That's terrible. They're That's not. Rough. They look to me. They look. Houston looks disjointed, and honestly, they don't look as good as the Kevin McHale coach team last year in the playoffs because mm-hmm. they surprised me last year and they were good and yeah. in the Western Conference Finals. And this year, they look like nobody really wants to be there. Like they're just going through the motions. Well, I, I, you know, I feel like a lot of those players are not really. They're not meshing that well, mm-hmm. uh, and it's you know I like Beverly mm-hmm. uh, and a lot of those other guys that, that I just don't. I don't feel like uh, Dwight Howard is is going to. Uh, you got two people, like you just mentioned, Dwight Howard. Two people on that team that want to be the star mm-hmm. that don't play well with others. James Harden and Dwight hey, Howard, yeah, Harden. both. Harden left throwing a fit when he left Oklahoma City. He wanted mm-hmm. to be the star, so he went to Houston. Yeah. All right, and then Dwight Howard left Orlando, where he was the star, and he wanted more money, wanted to go to bright lights, win a championship. L.A. He wasn't the star, got aggravated, like in my opinion, like a child, ran to Houston, mm-hmm. and now he's in the same situation over there where he's not the star. Right. And both these guys, so obviously they're going to have trouble. Yeah. And I, what bothers me is that that's what happened to uh, Oklahoma City. Uh, mm. We were talking about them being used to being great, mm-hmm. uh, where he he got selfish and 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 it came down to I don't know if it was to him a little bit or if the fact that Oklahoma City maybe just were looking for something. Talking about else. James Harden, right? Uh, James Harden, yeah. yeah, because that that was when they let him go. 
Uh, I feel like that kind of shifted and, and completely changed their their dynamic. Uh, it you did. had that three point, you know, or the three aspects of the of the team. As good as they are now, they were so much better. Oh, like yes. you're saying when when he like was there, they, they were competing because you didn't have you, you had uh, uh, Ibaka, which was not their third man. He was their fourth man, yeah, which was, was a great so fourth man. Too. So uh, you know, so they had a, they were stacked. You know, with Nick that Collison team. used to actually tr- contribute points in this, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it just shows that I feel like the Rockets are not going to hold up that much. You know, too much, too many more years. I think with the lineup they've got. No, I think they might blow that up after this season. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, the uh, Green uh, was uh, critical of his play in the last game, uh, blaming himself for the loss. Uh, which I thought was kind of stand up. I did. I thought that was that was kind of cool of him. I don't really care for him all that much because he annoys me. But, mm. but um, he he did. I like the way he stood up and said, "Hey, it was my fault." And especially that play at the end, I kind of felt sorry for him when he dribbled it off his foot. I was like, "Ooh, yeah. that sucks." Because yeah. he at least had an opportunity. Yeah, I, I feel like the Rockets they they should be able to make it uh, interesting still here. But uh, like I said, we'll see what happens with this. Yeah. Uh, let me probably, uh, probably go out. Let me. Can I touch on some statistics real quick? I pulled up a yeah. few stats for the playoffs. I want to say, um, okay, these are like statistical leaders so far as the playoffs go as of this morning um the points leaders as far as the points per game uh points per game leader is isaiah thomas because he had that big 40 point game the other night he's got he had 28.3 uh second place points in the playoffs james harden 26.7 and third place was paul george 26.3 one thing that they all have in common they're all losing their series so that's one thing is just that i noticed you know that they're having to carry so much weight and they don't have as much help or whatever i think isaiah is in a better position than the rest of them but like we said they're so young um, assists, Russell Westbrook's leading with 11.8 per game. Uh, rebounds, DeAndre Jordan is getting 15.3 rebounds a game. I think that's ridiculous. That's, that's, that's a high that's amount of rebounds. Is um, else in there grabbing nothing? Yeah, also another stat that just jumped out at me, Al Horford's getting 3.67 blocks per game in the playoffs. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. And also uh, one more is uh, as far as like individual stats, Kawhi Leonard's getting 3.33 steals per game. So he's stealing the ball three times. That's pretty that's- cool. He's a like he like I said he's been yeah. crushing it this and season. he's always his hands are always in there as far as mm-hmm. Kawhi he he's he's really good at play, playing hand defense and he doesn't get called for a lot of fouls either. I just I hate to see him playing for the Spurs. I wish he was <laughs> with the, the Grizz. He is that future of that team. Um, yeah. as far as like team points per game, uh, the points per game average the highest is uh, Oklahoma City with a one point ten point five, so they're scoring averaging one hundred and ten point five points per game, mm-hmm. and they've got a differential of nineteen point five. That means they're beating. The average team, not right. team by not by almost twenty points. The lowest points per game you're going to love this one is Memphis with seventy six point three. So they're only averaging seventy six point three a game, nice. and that's a differential. They've got a differential of negative twenty two point four. Uh, the only two stat left stats left I have is the oldest playoff team is the San Antonio Spurs, which I was thinking about the other night because I was trying to think how young and old these guys are. Right, yeah. When I was watching the Heat and the Hornets, I was like, who's the oldest and youngest? Because they're both pretty young, the Hornets mm-hmm. and Heat. San Antonio, 31.4. The youngest playoff team is the Celtics with 24.5. So those are my uh, statistics as yeah. far as the playoffs go. Yeah, ducking blocks of ball and dust comes off, but you know, that's pretty bad. Yeah. That's pretty old. And I just wondered when he's going to retire. Uh, oh, Timmy. You know, but yeah. like I said, the uh, the thing with the Grizz, I feel like they're they're gonna have to uh, stop trading, man. I mean, they just have to consistently. I mean, you find a group that you you know you got that works, and you should stick with it. You know? And as far as the Warriors, we we're talking about the Warriors earlier. I was gonna touch on that. Um, I think Steph's coming back today. Mm-hmm. As far as the playoffs as a whole, the first round games blowouts, every single oh, yeah. one of them, except for the the Pist- the Celtics and the Hawks was a one point win, and now they seem to have leveled off a bit. 
Maybe some of them, not so much. Memphis, they played one really right, good game. Right, they right. played tough one really good game and had them. But, uh, I still, I feel, the, you get into the second round, that's when the games really start to get interesting. It's it's the first games, you know, or you got your, your teams who probably shouldn't have even been in there, but they they're, they get in because of the amount of teams that get accepted to the playoffs. But like I said, we'll get to this second round. I feel like we're going to have some better matchups. There's too. such a difference in the playoffs in, as far as the NBA goes. When you get to the playoffs, these guys play so hard Yeah. as far as, like, the games. It's so much more exciting. So, even though my team's not in there, I, I love watching the NBA playoffs. Yeah. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this week. And uh, I want to thank you guys again for uh, joining us here on the TSP. And uh, if you, like I said, if you had a business or anything you want us to sponsor, and Hit us uh, up. you know, put us on the show, put it on the show, we'll uh, we'll put it up there. And uh, you can visit us at thescoreboardpodcast.com and click on the contact tab and send us a message or email us there. At uh, We're also at uh, thescoreboardpod at gmail, uh, podcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to watch the NFL Draft this week, too. Yep, that's a good thing to check out. It's going to be a good topic next week. All right, guys, uh, thanks again for listening. My name's Darren. My name's Mike. And tune in next week for uh, another episode of the Scoreboard Podcast. See ya.